Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on The Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon on the show today. We will get into a little bit more about the big Texas versus Houston game. Can Texas get back on the right track, get a big win, get back in the good graces of the AP and coaches poll voters and get back on track headed to a Big 12 championship and maybe more. Little MLB playoff news. We're off a little bit early today. 6.30 6.30 to get you ready for Rangers and Astros pregame at 6.30 right here on the Horn. We'll try and get some NBA, some NFL, all of the good stuff that's going on around the world of sports today. And, of course, whatever you guys are going to bring up there on the text line, you know you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. 512-447-3776. Guys, text in what you want to talk about. Text us football your comments, questions, concerns. If you've got a hot take, I want to hear it here on the text line on the Sports Complex. Off a little bit early, we said that at 6.30 for the Rangers, but a whole lot of show to get to before we give you up about to the Rangers and Astros. Astros needing a huge win. Well, we'll get into that maybe a little bit more in the next segment. Talk a little bit about it, whatever you guys want to talk about. We, you know, we try and keep it, try and keep it user-friendly here on the Sports Complex. So let's get in to a little bit of uh, Texas talk going in to uh, a game against Houston that is a game that should not be a big game. So we say big game at the beginning, but it shouldn't be a big game versus Houston. This should be a win for Texas that they handle their business, and the only big thing coming out of it is that Texas looks like the team that we thought they looked like for the first five games of the season. And now the back end, the, the, set, the, the back six, you're going to be able to look like that again. But I say big because I think one of the things – that is going to be a big thing to look at. A big factor in this game for Texas is the big humans. Because the big humans were the thing that I was probably the most let down with against Oklahoma. So in this Houston game, where you have the big humans, as Sark likes to call them, that is where you want to see them step up on both the offensive and defensive line. 
It's about, for me, this game, you want to see Texas come back to being the more physical team. You want to see Texas come back to be able to do impose their will again. You want to see Texas be able to get pressure on the defensive end and create bigger holes, create time for Quinn Ewers, create time for this Texas offense and the big humans to win. That's what you're looking for uh, in this Houston game. You're, I'm looking for this Texas team to get back to an identity where the coaching staff and Sark and some of the play calling can allow these, you know, really talented players on the outsides and and your you know your Xavier Worthy and your AD Mitchell and you know Jay Witt is a little bit tougher and JT Sanders can be a little bit tougher, but you know the, you know those guys but let those guys go and do the things what they do. Let Jonathan Brooks create in space. Let him be able to go and show you how dynamic becoming one of college football's best running backs. Let him go do that on offense. On defense, allow your playmakers to make big plays. Allow a Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill to make big plays and interceptions and sacks and get in because you are dominating their offensive line. Allow your safeties to not be as concerned about deep passes because you're getting in and you're getting the pressure and there's not time for that play to develop. Get that. The big humans on both sides are what I'm looking at to see if Texas can respond and come back because when we talk about all of the weapons that Texas has, especially on the offensive end, and we talk about the real weapons of, you know, you have too many weapons for a team to game plan against with Xavier Worthy, with uh, A.D. Mitchell, with Jordan Whittington, with J.T. Sanders, with Jonathan Brooks now in the backfield looking like the running back he's looking like, with the Quinn Ewers to divvy the ball out. It's too many weapons. But the reality is, without that offensive line, Without that offensive line, none of it really matters because all those you can you can negate all of those weapons if you go right through the central nervous system. It's like wearing a biohazard suit and then not putting on the mask. What are you going to do? It doesn't matter anymore. You have to have that. I always like Rob Babers' analogy. Rob Babers had the analogy that you can have the best cookout in the world, all the food in the world, but if the offensive line is not there, that's paper plates, man. You got a bad paper plate. All the food spills. I always like that analogy. That's what the offensive line, that's what the defensive line. You have to be able to win those. In a game like Houston, you should be able to win, but I don't want to see a win. I want to see domination. I want to see what it looked like at points in this season where you thought this offensive and defensive line was as advertised, that the big humans were as advertised. And, you know, Sark, we talked about a lot of things in the press conference. That wasn't really one of them. That wasn't one. You can get into red zone offense. You can get into allowing big plays over the top. And all of those things come around. But all of those things also come into can you win the lines of scrimmage? Because you know how much easier red zone offense is if you're now able to have time in the red zone? If your offensive line is able to pick up and diagnose the defense and, you know, you're able to help your quarterback out by – by picking up blitzes and, and you know, your offensive line's able to get a hand on a linebacker to maybe not stop him, but just get a hand on him to slow him down that second to get that extra inch in the red zone. Those are the types of plays that you're looking for from the big humans in this game against Houston because you should be able to go in there with the size, with the talent, and handle your business in a four-score favorite. But you want to dominate in this game. You want to get pressure on Donovan Smith. You want to take the game plan that Oak, that that Houston is going to have and shred it apart 
because you're getting organic pressure. And even if you're not able to get the sack for Byron Murphy or to Vondre Sweat, even if they're not able to get there, and even if Ethan Burke maybe gets diverted and only gets some pressures and doesn't get the sack, you do allow yourself for a PK to maybe take a couple more risks because he's been playing it pretty close to the vest. A lot of what Texas has done this year has been playing it close to the vest, and it cost him in an Oklahoma game. But allowing Anthony Hill in the second half of the season to become a little bit more of a rusher and trusting in Anthony Hill just a little bit more to maybe go get some sacks. And maybe if you trust Anthony Hill to do that, the defenses will let up and you get an Ethan Burke on the outside a little bit more. And a Benda may be able to get in there. And somebody else, you know, a Tavondre Sweat or Brian Murphy up the middle may be able to get to the quarterback a little bit more if you then bring outside pressures and change up what this defense and change up what the offenses are seeing. But I want to see that pressure on the defensive side. I want to see that pressure on the offensive side. When you get into the red zone for the offense, just being able to – I've kept hearing this all week long is – and last week too, that people are mad that they want Texas to just be able to fight and push the ball forward. And you can do that against Houston. You should be able – to hand the ball off and get four, three or four yards if you really need them, you should be able to get that. Now, if you line up and line up Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat and there is no check call when, when they line up the entire team and no one's checking on the outside and you realize that you have a wide open path to the end zone, if you just flip it out and, and you, you, know, you don't give Quinn Ewers the ability to make that call, well, that's, that's coaching. If, if that ability is there and Quinn Ewers doesn't see it and doesn't diagnose it and still goes to the play up the middle, even though you can have a guy scored out the side and get an easy touchdown, that's on Quinn Ewers. That's not on the line because you're going up, and if it's 11 versus 10, and really you're not even talking tackles, so you're talking 11 versus three to four guys, and you're trying to push, and, and those odds are just not good, even if you've got the size. Once the odds are not in your favor, you have to take where the odds are. And so if they're going to stack 11 right up that front, where you know Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and Jonathan Brooks are all going to be, then have a JT Sanders on the outside pop out or an Xavier Worthy. Or just have Quinn Ewers run it to the outside. Worst case scenario, he throws it out. I, I'd like to see more creativity and options in that place, but it starts with the big humans being able to impose enough throughout the game that the respect comes. We don't think we can stop them just going one-on-one. We need to load the box, and that's how they, when your creativity can come out. The creativity starts with a solid base in the middle on either side. I'd like to see a little bit more creativity from PK in the defensive end in this second half of the season. I'd like to see him take a little more shots at the quarterback, try and destabilize these teams instead of trusting his team to do the right thing and just win and and get guys off the field. I get you have that ability, but I'd like to see you a little bit more creativity to try and show us what you can do a little bit later in the season. Maybe scare a couple teams a little bit more than they're scared right now with that pressure not getting to quarterbacks. And I'm going to talk about pressure again in a minute. I do want to play you some sound from, uh, from, uh, from Sark from Monday's press conference. And something that starts with the big humans. And he was asked about explosive run plays. Because when we talk about the all the weapons and we talk about, you know, that you can't guard everything. You're talking about getting explosive plays because somebody's in single coverage or somebody is not able. You're not able to game plan for everybody. And so far this season, Jonathan Brooks and a couple other receivers and runners have gotten some big plays and gotten 20 plus yards on a run play because 
Uh, you you're just you're trying to guard the receivers. You feel it's a run. You feel it's a pass play. And Jonathan Brooks breaks through. Starts with the big humans. Here's Sark on Monday talking about explosive run plays, how they're created, and how they can keep creating them. The plan, right? I mean, we've got to make sure that the runs that we're calling predicated on the defenses and the fronts that we're getting um, are playing into our strengths, but also hopefully taking advantage of maybe a weakness in theirs, whether it's a personnel weakness or a, a schematic weakness. I think, too, uh, our RPO game is really effective, and so that the fact that people have to defend our RPOs because, you know, whether it's, it's Xavier, Jordan, um, AD, even our tight ends have gotten involved in our RPO game to create explosive plays. Three, the threat of those guys in the, in the pass game, the play-action pass game, and people are obviously very concerned about, with us you know, throwing the ball over their heads and are playing a little bit more of a conservative approach. Uh, in turn, if you put all that together and you block the front well, that's creating space and running lanes for, for our runners, most notably Jonathan, and he, he's taking advantage of it. Uh, I think the last piece that sometimes our guys don't get enough credit for, not every run play we call is an RPO, and we ask a lot of our receivers in blocking downfield, uh, and that block is really the one that creates the explosive play, right? Uh, that block on the safety, that block on the corner, backside, uh, might, be that, might be that block that's that springs a long run. So I think it all comes together, um, and there's a lot of value to that. Um, of If we want to be a complete offense here in the second half of the season, we got to run it. we got to RPO people. we got to play pass people. we got to throw it. we got to do all those things to make it really difficult to where hopefully a defensive coordinator feels like, man, i got to pick my poison, right? How, how do I want this to go? And then we execute and we call the plays that – in a timely fashion and that the quarterback makes good decisions to take advantage of those things. So those are the types of things you want to see in the second half of the season happen more because you're playing lesser teams now. Those plays are harder to do against a better team. Now, again, when we say lesser teams, every one of these teams can still beat you because it is college football and that's how it works on Saturday. That's why people watch the sport. It's because anybody can. We know K-State and TCU have given us fits before. We know BYU has clearly given us fits before. We know Texas Tech has been a thorn in our side before. You know, Houston, it shouldn't be a problem. Houston should not be a problem. But I'm not worried about this Houston game as much as I'm worried about this team getting back to what they were before the Oklahoma game. You're worried about is this team going to play up to their level or down to Houston's level? That's what you're worried about. And so you want to see everything come out. You want to see explosive run plays. You want to see the big guys winning. You want to see that this Texas team looks like a championship team. Do you have to over-scheme for Houston? No. You don't have to do any – I think you can play your game and go up against Houston. Now, should you know what Donovan Smith is going to do? Yes, because it's your job. Because you paid millions of dollars to do it. You shouldn't take an off week because you feel like you can handle Houston because that's how bad coaches exist in this league because they think they can just do what they want to do. That's what Sark did too much his first two seasons. He said, I'm going to implement what Texas does, and he didn't respect some of the other teams in the Big 12 enough, and they came back to bite him. Now, this is a better team, but if you just want to say, well – with six wins, let's let's worry about Oklahoma in six in seven weeks. Let's worry about that. If you want to say that, then you clearly have never watched college football, because Texas is not a good enough team to worry about Oklahoma in seven weeks. They're a team that has to worry about every single week and get them to that place. They need to get this offense firing at a higher clip. They need to fix their red zone issues. They need to get pressure on a quarterback and not allow him to run. 
but get real pressure on a quarterback. It, it, they've done it before, but they've done it to teams who have not been playing against Texas as if Texas was a ranked team. When you did against, you got some pressure against Rice, you got some pressure against Alabama. That was your best pressure game, but you haven't been getting a ton of pressure lately. I'd like to see them step that back up. Part of that may be expanding roles for freshmen, expanding roles for the young guys, getting them more involved in this to get some guys who have that, that care a little bit more about. Hey, I need to go make my stamp on this. The other guys are going out there. They understand what they're doing. They're trying to go out there and win ball games. That's great. You might want to stick somebody in there. And Anthony Hill's that guy I talked about earlier because Anthony Hill's going to overcorrect sometimes and he's going to cost you sometimes and he's going to save you sometimes. But you want to get those guys in right now because you feel you have a chance to win. And whether you win by two scores or four scores, you'd like to get them some experience and maybe you win by five because of them. Here's Sark talking about getting the uh, maybe expanding some roles for some young guys in the second half of the season. Well, I mean, I, th- I think they'll expand to some degree, but that degree is a lot of going to be dictated on how do they continue to improve. Um, you know, where's their level of understanding week in and week out, their mental preparation, their practice habits. Two, a lot of that's going to depend on some of the guys that they're – competing for playing time with how do they practice how do they prepare I want a highly competitive team I want guys that are fighting for snaps and and doing all the things necessary to earn to earn playing time and to and to earn snaps because we're a better team when we play more players right Uh, that that's how you're fresh in the fourth quarter and and you can play that style of football for for 60 minutes and so uh, but they're they're going to earn those things you know predicated on like I said their mental preparation in the game plan their ability to exhibit that in practice to give us the confidence to put them out there more. Uh, and then ultimately when it comes down to time to play, how they play in those moments. And so, um, but, but again, all those guys have earned it up until this point. They've done a good job, and hopefully they can continue to progress. So you want to be able to see everybody progress. You want to see this Texas team be able to step up into big moments. But you want to see those young guys get some playing time. Find out who's the guy you can trust. You know, we're watching the MLB playoffs. Who's, the, who's your pinch hitter that you can put in the game? Who's that guy that you feel comfortable when we need a boost? And it may not be for seven weeks, eight weeks. Now, how many weeks? It may not be then. It may not be till later. Hopefully, Texas is still there. I believe they will be. But if you want to say maybe you need it then, you need to get that guy a few reps. You need to get him feeling good. You need to get Anthony Hill to where he sees a few more guys that are game planning just for Texas because there's no better scouting you're going to do for a Texas team than basically at these next six weeks where every game plan is specifically built for Texas. So you are now getting to get your scouting out, whether it's, you know, you, you can get a, still get a loss, but you're able to get your team out there to go see every look that they can go see that they're going to – we'll play you a clip from, uh, from Hook'em Up this morning talking about – how Houston is going to try and copy what Oklahoma did. And whatever works, and any play that works, every other coach is watching. And every other coach is going to try and find that play and find the right right type of player to go against you. We saw Wyoming switching out players and putting in guys because they felt they had a better chance. We knew that Baylor, at the end, put on R.J. Martinez because he thought maybe it was a better chance to beat Texas. That's what you're going to see for the rest of the season if you're Texas. And you have to stick to what you do to be able to go out there and handle. Because, you know, and if you want to talk about are you worried about losing to Houston, not, I'm not really worried about losing to Houston. I'm worried about being close with Houston for sure. 
Am I worried about it coming down to the fourth quarter? Sure. That's what worries me. And Texas is not is too ranked too low right now to allow games to go to the fourth quarter with this the rest of the six teams. You got to win. You got to go out there and handle your business. But if you want to say, well, we should just let it go to, and then maybe in the fourth quarter they get lucky. Maybe they throw another hail mary because we remember how that last Houston West Virginia game went. I want to get to your guys' text. We're going to get to your text in just a minute, 512-447-3776. I see you guys texting in. I want to read some of those and get to those. But we want to get to the big fat poll first. We're going to take a break so I can get through those text messages, and we'll get back to them on the other side. But I want to give you the big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Since we're talking about big humans, Texas is averaging being sacked Around two and a half times a game. I believe it's two and a half times a game that they're being sacked in a game, which is too high. Houston is averaging about two and a half times a game that they're being sacked. We need that gap to expand. So when you're talking about what I'm watching in the Houston game, I want to see that gap expanded. I want to see the gap between how many sacks are allowed on Quinn Ewers to how many sacks are given to Donovan Smith. I want there to be a gap. I don't want two and a half and two and a half. I don't want there to be an even level of what we're sacking. We're not sacking at two and a half, by the way. So I want to see Texas become a better defensive pressure team, and I want to see them protect the quarterback better. And part of that is play calling. Part of that is you know making sure that Quinn Ewers has out, out you know little uh, checkdowns and, and outs of all of his plays. Part of that is just growing pains where he has to learn how to get the ball out of his hands and step up in the pocket at right times and bust out at different times. Sometimes he steps up when he should split and run. Sometimes he tries to split and run when he should step up. That's growing pains of a quarterback basically playing in his second season in college football. But here's a question I want to ask you guys today, because we're not going to ask the difference. It's a little too convoluted. So I'm just going to ask you, how many sacks do you want to see Texas get against Houston? How many sacks do you, would make you feel comfortable with this defense and the pressure they can do? How many sacks? Is it just two? Are you a person that says, I just need two? I just need to see them get a little bit of pressure, but I don't want to see the big plays. I'm not, are you not as worried about the pressure? Do you want to make sure they're safe? That's, that's fine. You can put in two, one or two. Do you want to see three or four? Do you want to see it get to a higher level? Are you demanding? Do you think, oh, man, we need to get pressure. We need to make this game a, a don't let Donovan Smith feel like he has any – take revenge for what he did to us when he was a tech. Go out there and put him on the ground, and you want five sacks. Tell me what the number is on the text line, 512-447-3776. How many sacks do you want to see against Houston for Texas? How many sacks do you think they should get where you're going to feel comfortable with this Texas team with the pressure that they're starting to go after since it has not been there the last few weeks. Send that in, 512-447-3776. We come back, we'll talk more Texas football. We will get to your text on the text line. I saw some roll in, so we'll get to those. Uh, we'll get to the Big Fat Poll, and we will also play you a clip from Pokemon Up talking about uh, some game planning from Houston for the Texas game. Uh, all of that coming up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Back in the Sports Complex on the Horn on a Wednesday afternoon, playing some Houston artists all week. The Astros need a little bit of uh, luck to get through and a little bit of a pep to get a, a win against the Rangers tonight to get back in this series, uh, playing at Globe Life. Hopefully that re- revives their bats, unless you're a Rangers fan. But I'll tell you this, all the Houston artists are going to be better than Creed. All of these people I'm playing will all be better than Creed. I can tell you that. It's a guarantee. We're playing them also. Texas playing Houston this weekend. So, you know, giving uh, giving a little love to the city right down the road there in Houston, Texas. Uh, I got family from Houston, so you know, I, I don't have the I don't have any disdain for Houston. I, I root for the Astros, I root for the Texans. Uh not a not a Rockets fan. I, I'm a Spurs guy because cause San Antonio's right there. I was born in San Antonio and my family moved back to Austin when I was like one, I think, one or two. So I, I claim I can claim all of these places. I claim them all. I've got them all. I I did. People are now Rangers fans are getting mad at Astros fans because they all think that there's fair weather. I guess they think everybody was just became an Astros fan when they started winning. So when I was out the other day wearing an Astros hat, they're like, "How long? Have, why are you rooting for the Astros?" I, I've rooted for them my whole life. What do you? I, I don't know. I didn't know I needed to to, to clarify. I didn't know I needed to. To put this in, I think more fans, like, I, I get it, but the Astros don't seem like the fair weather team. I'm sure there's some people are, but the whole, after the cheating thing, I don't know if that was the one, but we'll see. Uh, get in the text line, 512-447-3776, uh, asking you how many sacks you want to see that you'll feel comfortable with this defense uh, against uh, against Houston on the weekend on Saturday. Uh, we're also just talking te- taking text. What's your takes on Texas? What's your takes on the MLB, on the ALCS? What's your takes on uh, NFL news, you can put all those in, 512-447-3776. Man, Chief Engineer says, no big plays. Donovan Smith was tough last year. It's an air raid offense. Need consistent containment, strong secondary play. Want to see uh, If you want to see 42-plus points. Yeah, Texas is going to have to score. Texas offense is going to have to be up for that. I agree with you on that. But I think you can take some risk against Donovan Smith if you allow them to sit back and just play to win battles in the secondary you, you need to put your big humans and take advantages where you have them. You have a better defensive line. They have offensive line. Go in there and disrupt plays and don't allow it to be a one-on. Don't allow Donovan Smith the time to sit in the pocket and be the guy he wants to be. He's not necessarily the biggest runner. I wouldn't say that he's – he can do it, but I think he'd rather throw the ball and put up big numbers on you. So you need to get in there and, and you know, you don't – don't allow him to get on the outside with no one around him. But, dude, that should be every quarterback. But, I mean, there's very few college kids that can't run at all. Most college kids can at least get a little bit of ground on you because they're 19, 20, 21 years old. And at that age, we all could do it. It's when you get a little bit older and more injuries that you become slower and slower and slower. And then when someone runs, you think, who runs anymore? And you realize it's just you that doesn't. But I appreciate it, Chief Engineer. Uh, so it says Sark is soft, no killer instinct. There's a line in between this. And I know people say this because, you know, you only watch, like you watch enough Texas football and, and you'd like to see him go for on every fourth down, but you don't, if he doesn't get him. and you'd like to see him, 
you know, it, it's not that it's not a killer instinct. It's just you learn from experience. We saw Dan Lanning would do some things different. His killer instinct, he would do some things different after he lost to Washington. We know Deion Sanders would do some things different after he had the biggest comeback in Stanford history against him. There's guys that have killer instincts, and it doesn't always work. Mario Cristobal would probably take back that killer instinct to run the ball on fourth down against Miami. Or, sorry, against uh, – I can't remember the team now off the top of my head. But for my, he would take that back. He would take that back. So the killer instinct's great in moderation. You can't just always be foot on the gas. And I know it's all gas, no brakes. Sometimes you got to pull off that gas a little bit and understand the plays because if you are just straight up going for it all of the time, you are very easy. It's like a boxer who doesn't who just swings and doesn't protect at all. You're going to get knocked out. What were we doing against Bama? We got tons of pressure on the QB that game, but it's been non-existent since. Uh, there's a couple things. One, they didn't respect Milrow's ability to pass like they have some of these other passers. Or, I mean, and it was just, in reality, a lot of that Alabama game is somewhat of a misnomer because they didn't prep for Texas. They played Alabama football, which Sark knew and was able to attack. And so it, it shows you what Texas can do. But also, when you're playing against teams that have an offense built around knowing what your rush is going to be and knowing how to divert guys and play much more to you than their own scheme, then it becomes harder to get that pressure, and you see that much more. That's why sacks can sometimes go down in conference play uh, because you may not be playing against you, – you may be playing against teams that know you a little bit better. Uh, for the question of the day, Big Fat Pull of the Day on the text line, 512-447-3776. How many want to tax? Do you want to see four Texas against Houston this weekend? A lot of people getting a big number there. A big number. Five is a big number. We get a texter. How does Jimbo still have a job and then football principles should not matter in this game? Those two statements, that right there, how does Jimbo still have a job? You know why Jimbo's terrible? Because football principles should not matter in this game sounds like a Jimbo line. That, that's the thing. If you have football principles always matter. They always matter. Those are those are division one athletes you're playing against. And are we talking about outscheming Houston? Yes. You're talking about outscheming everyone. I get it's Houston and we're we're 23 and a half point favorites. I get that. But the second you don't care about a game, your season is over. You have to care about every game because one loss is is where Texas is out of where they want to be. Now they'll say they're okay, but you can't have another loss in this back six and, and expect me to believe this is the same team. You have to take every game seriously. And if you're worried about Houston, stop talking about the college football players. I'm not worried about Houston in general. I'm worried about Texas not playing up to Texas' abilities. That's what I'm more worried about. You want to see Texas play up to Texas' ability. Now five sacks is going to be a lot because I don't think they're going to rush the quarterback as much as Donovan Smith because they are going to sit back and try to not get beat over the top. They're going to try and play a more full football game. I get that. I'd like to see them take some shots. That's why I'd really like to see three sacks in this game. If you want to know my number, it's three. Uh, if more, would I be ecstatic with more? I'd be I'd be okay with two as long as you're getting hurries and pressures and taking them off and making them out and not breaking contain. But three is the number where if you have three sacks in this game, I feel pretty good about this team. Another five sacks here. We get uh, Daydrinker77 says, give me five. We get an I want revenge on Donovan Smith, make him feel rushed all game. Three sacks and a bunch of more QB hurries. That's more what I'm thinking. I like that one. That's more what I'm thinking. And I love the five sacks, guys. I love that that's what we want to see. I just don't know how believable it is. I'm going to get some more texts here, 512-447-3776. But I want to play this clip 
uh, from Hook'em Up this morning, talking about something where Houston, where Houston might scheme up some things, like Oklahoma, to give you a better idea of what I'm talking about. Five sacks may not be reasonable, but we, I like, I like where your brain's at, guys. I like it. I like it. Here's uh, Rob Babers and Aaron Hogan this morning talking about some scheming and some game planning from Houston. More Texas uh, versus Houston talk right here on the Sports Complexes from Hook'em Up this morning. All right, uh, let's get into some uh, Texas uh, U of H discussion. Uh, we talked about the defense and how bad that defense is. I, like I said, I, I don't know what the defensive game plan is going to be for for U of H. I'm just trying to figure out how they believe they best match up. I mean, you're talking about arguably the best offense in the Big 12, along with Oklahoma's offense, because it's legit, uh, versus the worst defense in the Big 12. Um, so I don't know how they're going to match up against Texas, uh, Texas's offense. That's going to be tough. But their offense, it does concern me a little bit. I said this yesterday. I think you're going to end up e- either with a blowout or a shootout. And Longhorn fans are hoping it's, <laughs> you know, a blowout uh, and not a shootout. U of H is hoping it's a shootout. That's their best chance to win. And I, I think the game plan offensively for U of H could be pretty simple. I think they might end up trying to single white female, basically Oklahoma's game plan against Texas, (laughs) trying to copy as much of it as they can. Uh, Because I saw this. um, Oh, you went went single white female reference. Oh, obscure reference. Creepy movie movie from the, what, 90s? Uh, Are we talking about late 80s, maybe? I mean, that was, I think single white female was a long, it was was a creepy, it was a good movie, though. Good concept. But now, yeah, I mean. 92. With 92, yeah, you're right. 92, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, single white, basically. And you know what? I'm not gonna spoil it for you, just google it, all right? (laughs) And then you'll get the reference. But they're gonna try to copy one lady had a stalker who was trying to be like her, uh, pretty much. Yes, (laughs) yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee, she was the stalker that tried to be like her, and she cut her hair famously short and then uh, basically looked just like her. And then didn't she bang her man? She banged her man, like thought he got it, he had it mixed up in the middle of the night. Yeah, he thought it, right. He thought he thought it was his woman, and then she looked just like his woman. He came in, and then he banged it out, and then like in the middle of it, he sees like oh, that oh, oh, and he's like, it's right. kind of a young guy at the time. I was in he's college, like, and I was thinking, man, these women are crazy. He's like, did you? Did That's you, how women are. How you didn't know that? Come on, man. How? You ain't know? Could you really get mixed up? It's a twin. Yes, it's not a twin. It was just a friend. Come on, come hey, on, E. Hey, it can happen. It is, no, it can, <laughs> that's no way that can happen. Hey, dude, you would know. You would know. All right, you'd know. Anyway, but get aside from that. Plausible deniability, Rod. <laughs> he just got it mixed up. It's like she smells different. Everything about us different. The mannerisms. The t- anyway, all right. Um, her technique. All right, anyway, you know what? Uh, moving on. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think you're basically going to try to copy Damn near everything that Oklahoma does. I'm not saying they're gonna make it executed at the highest high level that Oklahoma did. Um, so I'm not trying to freak you out there. But look at plays per minute. So one of the big things that Oklahoma did to throw Texas off, and Texas, I'm um, Texas expected it. I just don't think Texas um, basically had faced a pass first up tempo offense to with a with a true uh, elite level starting quarterback in that system um they hadn't faced that yet and i think it was a it was shocking right it's kind of a shell shock factor uh to playing that up tempo offense of the veer and shoot um o- ou is 15th in the country in plays per minute all right um u of h is 35th so they're not as you know not as up tempo as oklahoma but something tells me that they will increase that versus Texas, considering what they just witnessed and what they saw on film versus uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I guarantee they will. And, and maybe not the entire game, but situationally. 
All right. Situationally, they'll do that. And I think with Donovan Smith, he's going to be key too, E, because I think Donovan Smith, in terms of them copying what Oklahoma did, the quarterback run game was key. I mean, it was probably the biggest tendency breaker for Oklahoma in that game that give, gave them the win. Donovan Smith can can run. Texas fans know this. I mean, his fourth most rush attempts in his career were versus Texas when he was playing for Texas Tech. And remember, they used some quarterback power running game with some of those short yardage fourth down conversions as well. Um, he right now is on a little bit of a hot streak. He's found his groove in his offense. Now, remember, he's been playing in the air raid offense, you know, since his time at Tech, since he's been a college player, he's been playing in the same offense. He's he's completed over seven, at least 73% of his passes in his last three games. At least 73%. Now, I know they haven't played a defense as good as Texas, um, but he's completing against uh, West Virginia with 77.8%, 73%, and 77%. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions in the last three games. Well, uh, and he's rushed for 118 yards over a little over four and a half yards per carry. He he's he's finding his groove. He's settling in pretty well. Um, Texas has got to find a way to to speed up his internal clock, uh, confuse him, discombobulate him, force him into making some mistakes and looking like old Donovan Smith. But right now, he's playing arguably his best football that he's played as a college player. He's playing um, really well. And look, Dan Holgerson has always had a pretty dynamic offense, and he's a big kid. We saw in Texas saw him yes. last year. You know, he's six four and six five. He's two hundred forty pounds. Uh, he's, he's more athletic than you think, um, you know. The, but the game before they won the Hail Mary game with West Virginia, they they played at Texas Tech, played in Lubbock, so it was the return engagement for him. And they lost that game forty nine twenty eight. He played a really good first half, uh, but then in the second half, Texas Tech took over and, and dominated. They, you know, U of H didn't score in the second half. Um, they had a big punt block and a kickoff return in that game, but. Um, you know that that score that I, that they had at Lovett kind of reminds me of what I I'm thinking in this game, Rod, like 49 to 28 kind of game, right? I mean, Houston might score 24, 28 points because their offense and Donovan Smith and those receivers you've talked about, but with the worst defense in the Big 12, how are they going to deal with Quinn Ewers, Jonathan yeah. Brooks, and this Texas offense? I, I, that's how I started. I was like, I don't know how they, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if they can but, but come up does, with anything game plan wise. Well, it will for Coach Sark and the staff. I think kind of. Give because they will try to copy a lot of what Oklahoma did and was successful at against Texas, and that's a good 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 test. Okay, how, how much better do we get? Did, did, we worked on yeah. these things in our bye week. How did much you better solve are the problems? We? Yep. Yeah. Did you solve? Did you solve the problems? I agree with you, and as I say, I think Texas will be presented with basically the same, uh, basically the same problems and the same issues that they faced versus Oklahoma. They had a bye week, like you said, to fix it. I think they address them um, and we'll see if uh, U of H is able to expose some of those issues also you brought the wide receivers the wide receivers are pretty good where you're talking about Sam Brown who's leading the big 12 in receiving um, Stefan Johnson Jr. I believe is his name he's also another really good player man Jack is he's a fit he's probably their best all-around receiver um, if you look at that, just best all around uh, Joseph guys, Manjack, and yeah, he Joseph, he's a great name too. <laughs> yeah. All Ma- name team, and Matthew Golden is probably the one receiver that if Sarkat if Sark could handpick a receiver out of that group, he would pick Matthew Golden. That I mean, he, yeah, that's a, that's the Sarky guy. That's you know Sark's got a type at receiver, the slender, slight uh, build at receiver, who's just a speed demon. That's Sark's guy. That would be him. He can go. He can run. He can run, run. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're they're actually good. Their return game is actually pretty good too. They already got two kickoff return touchdowns on the season. 
Um, and I believe uh, Matthew Golden's got one of those. So they are they they're dynamic in certain positions, and I think they could threaten Texas with with certain concepts. And like I said, in copying and replicating uh, some of the Oklahoma game plan, but not to the elite level. And yes, uh, that's only one phase of the game. I don't know what they're going to do on defense. They are one and, of the worst defenses in the country. And lines of scrimmage should be an advantage, Texas, in a big yes. way in this game. Yeah, that's some good stuff there from Hook 'em Up with Ian Robbie weekday morning 6 to 11 right here on the Horn. Uh we're going to get to more of your text. 512-447-3776. We're asking you how many sacks do you want to see for Texas against Houston uh in a game that Texas should be able to handle. We just heard that they're going to try and throw some things. Donovan Smith's going to be trying to be a problem. Can you get him off his game early? How many sacks do you want to see in that game? What's a realistic number? Is it do you just want to see two, maybe three? Or do you? A lot of people going up for five. A lot of people going up for five on the text line so far. We get those texts when we come back here on the Sports Complex. 512 447 3776 is the text line. Hit us up. 512 447 3776. We'll be right back on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Share at the only joint in town She had a reputation As a girl who'd been around Down Main Street after midnight Brand new pack of six A fresh one hanging from her lips A beer between her legs She'd ride down to the river And meet with all her friends The road goes on forever And the party never ends Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, uh, keeping the music rolling from Houston all week. We're giving you up to Astros versus Rangers at 6.30. Still talking some Texas versus uh, Houston this weekend. Uh, we are getting uh, text lines open, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. Uh, we're asking you, too, in the big fat poll of the day. How many sacks do you want to see Texas get against Houston? I think the real number is how many sacks are we allow versus how many we get. But I'm, that may be convoluted. Maybe we'll ask you tomorrow how many you're going to allow. But I think the number we all say is zero. We want zero sacks allowed. One is kind of the max you want to see allowed. Uh, but So I don't think we need to ask that question as much. If we're going to say we want zero to one sacks. How many sacks do you want to see Texas get against Houston to feel like Texas is starting to win that battle in the lines of scrimmage and get there uh, to the quarterback? Bevo Angel says, I need to see at least four or five sacks by our defense. Uh on Saturday, and preferably by the front four, save those exotic big packages for the big game. I, you, there's no more saving. I, I, I get you save stuff, but you know you want to be keep coming up with new things. You want to keep adding new things in there. You know, you need to go out there and dominate these games. Get yourself back in the conversation for the college football playoff. You need to start winning these games by triple digit by not double sorry by by triple scores not triple digits. That if you win that, you're back in the picture. No problem, but. By three scores. That's where you need to be to win some of these games. If you win the rest of your season by three games, now everybody by three scores, everybody's going to start talking about you. Okay, look what Texas can do. If you play down to these schools' levels, you don't put up those numbers. It becomes for you know, just becomes a harder road to to toe. Pizza Dave, I don't need to read this. Look, the the Astros do not drool Pizza Dave, but I'm happy you're excited about the series. I'm happy you're excited about the series. 
Uh, we get four sacks with even more pressures. They might give up a big play, but we'll force more negative plays. The pressures is too. It's where you kind of want to see the sacks. You want to see guys get home in the second half of the season. You but you know there's been pressures all season and there's been hurries. You see them all season. You'd like to see those guys start to get home against some lesser opponents and some guys that aren't as big. You don't have the big humans. You like to see those guys step up. It's funny that the texter would say that because uh, that would be the exact same texter that would blow up at the coaching staff if we didn't scheme or do anything special to beat a team like Houston and only end up winning by three points or worse, yet losing. I, and I get it. I get that you want to be able to say we should be able to beat Houston no matter what. And I think Texas could. But you should be. This is Texas. We have the best coaching staff. We spend all of this money on on uh, bringing in guys like Paul Christing and really good coaches from other places to, purpo- to purposely scheme up for each team each week. You should be scheming for each team because it'll make you even better and it'll get you more prepared. You know, you know, sometimes you've got to do things that you know you don't aren't necessary to get you more and more prepared for when you are ready to go take that big game. The more you prepare, the more you scheme for each team. When you might see something, you go, oh, oh, oh. oh. That we should have done that against Oklahoma. Oh, I thought of this, and this will work against an Oklahoma, or this will work against another top team, and this will work against K State in a few weeks. This will work against Tech. You may get those out of the way because you're continuing to scheme. I agree. You got to keep scheming. I would like sacks to come without stunt. I would like to see Texas control the line of scrimmage, man on man. I would too, but I don't think you get three sacks. I don't think you get five sacks. Definitely without trying to push up there and send some other blitz. Plus, sending those other things, you don't even need the sack to come from the other guy. You need the the worry of it. You need to have the scare of anyone could come at any moment. That scare into a quarterback, that scare into an offensive line, then allows you to get more organic pressure. But if you never bring it and they know, I'm looking at the guy in front of me, and that's the guy i got to get, and that's all they have to do all game, you're not making them think. You're not making them worry. You're not making them question in the back of their head are they not seeing something and then a guy blows past them what you want to do is you want to put you want to show them different looks so that and show them different plays and different guys blitzing and different guys giving pressure so that they are on their their heels the entire game that's what you want I don't need that Anthony Hill's going to hit the quarterback every time but he may flush a guy up in the pocket to where the pocket now Byron Murphy or Tavondre Sweat crushed in and he runs right into one of those guys I'm fine with that sack but I think you need to show different types of pressure to make it so that Houston or any team you're playing then has to respect those types of pressure, which I don't know they do right now. Uh, we will get a champ with a single white female lost rods analysis thereafter. Yes. Uh, channel says no way five sacks are D lines and a, a linebacker will have to maintain their lane assignments and gap control to keep Donovan in check. I agree. That's, but that's part of it. Five seems like a really large number. Five seems if you're up by 24 and they're just trying to throw the ball, you may get closer to that five number because they're holding it and because you're being able to push out, uh, be able to push, uh, you know, them down the field. If you have good coverage down the field, you may be able to get some more of those. But I think two to three is a much more realistic number to ask for than five. But I appreciate you guys. I love that you guys are out there and you're going for it. Not sure if y'all mentioned this, but Matthew Golden is looking pretty questionable for the game from what I've heard in college fantasy world. I think he came up limp on a kick last week. He had a groin injury last week. Didn't really play much in the second half. I don't know if he played it all in the second half, but I know he didn't play much in the second half. Uh, Dana Holgerson said on Monday, I believe, that he's he was practiced on Friday after the game, 
and that he is he does not expect it to be a long term injury. He did not say he was playing this week. He said he did not expect it to be a long term injury, and that he has already hit back on the practice field. So it is questionable. He may not see a lot of snaps. We know one thing: when you're playing Texas, you don't tell them who's hurt and who's not. We have seen that many times this season. So Matthew Golden, I would assume, is going to be a game time decision, like anybody else. But he may come up short because it is a groin injury, and those tend to be a little bit more. Uh, you know, time sensitive that you don't want to go back out there and re-aggravate a groin injury, but good one there, Coach Cornuts, bringing the injury report. Coach Cornuts uh, on the sideline with the injury report. Love it. These text names are great. By the way, if you don't have a text name yet, you can send in what you want your text name to be, and we'll try and put it in there for you. We we have the ability now. Uh, keep the text coming, 512-447-3776. Going to kind of hit a mishmash of some different points, uh, some NBA news. Uh, Texas basketball played their orange and white game last night. We'll talk a little bit about it. I didn't get to see the game because I was doing the show. They played it start at 6, so I wasn't going to be able to get over there in time. Uh, we'll play a clip. Uh, Aaron Hogan has some information about it, too, so we'll play some of that. But they were playing, getting closer and closer to Texas basketball season. We can play some of that sound as well. Uh, maybe some Caleb Williams talk. Maybe Kyler Murray talk. Who knows what we can get into here on the Dorn. If you've got a story you want us to hit it up, 512-447-3776. We're giving you up to the Rangers pregame at 630. Uh, so before that, we'll try and hit as many stories as we can here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com.